0: I'm Donovan Kane. Welcome back to the podcast and this full-length audiobook presentation of Red Sin, book number one of the Sin series, written by New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal best-selling author Aletha Romig, and read to you by Samantha Prescott and Stephen Dexter. And now, episode 12 of Red Sin. Chapter 12, Julia I took comfort in the darkening sky and even in the new covering of snow that melted against my windshield and accumulated on the twisty lane as I drove back toward Van's home. After the run-in with Skyler, it truly felt liberating. This was a new world, and I had no doubt that I'd made the right decision. The rental car was once again filled with my luggage, everything I'd brought with me from Chicago. I didn't have many changes of clothes, but that didn't even tempt me to return, either alone or with Skylar to Chicago. Seeing Skylar was awkward enough. The thought of facing my parents or his caused my stomach to twist and turn. I knew that I shouldn't feel that way. I wasn't the one who cheated on Skylar. Will my parents see it that way if they know about Van? I'd given that some thought as I'd packed the conclusion I'd come to was that I'd broken off the engagement before setting out on my quest. I believed that meeting Van helped me to see that there was a bigger, brighter world beyond Chicago, the Butlers, and even Wade Pharmaceutical. Without that knowledge, it would have been more difficult to send Skyler back to Beth, or whoever he had in store for his future. My thoughts were on my own future. Perhaps I was reluctant to face those people back in Chicago, because I wasn't remorseful about the canceled wedding. I felt bad for the money my parents had spent, but that was it. The brief conversation I'd had with my mother this afternoon before seeing Skylar reaffirmed my decision to stay away through the holidays. Now I wondered if she knew Skylar was driving up here. After all, she'd pleaded with me to work things out with him. I held fast to my conviction when I spoke with her and with Schuyler. Our wedding was canceled. I didn't mention to her that I'd received a new marriage proposal, or any other details about the recent events that led me to accept a job offer. To say that mom was as shocked as Schuyler when I told her that I took a job in Ashland would be an understatement. When she asked for more detail, I was vague. If Donovan Sherman was as big of a name as he claimed, and he was because I did a quick internet search, then my father would recognize his name. I wasn't ready to have that conversation. Therefore, I purposely left Van's name out of our discussion. For some reason, when Van and I met and were in the cabin, I hadn't thought too much about his age. I simply saw him for the incredibly handsome man who saved me, showed me that there's life beyond Chicago, and listened to my woes. Of course, with the intimate turn our night together took, I knew that he took care of himself. He also had stamina and experience and expertise in what women wanted. While waiting to be sure Skyler was gone and doing a quick internet search of Donovan Sherman, I'd found a bio that listed Van as one of Forbes wealthiest men in the United States. And at the same time gave very little personal information. I also learned the date he was born, letting me know that he was 41 years old. His financial status didn't surprise me, his age did. I couldn't decide if it bothered me. If my age doesn't bother him, why should his bother me? As I crested the hill, the golden lights from Van's home shone through the darkness, reminding me of a Thomas Kincaid painting. As the large structure came into view, a sense of peace settled over me, combined with hopeful anticipation for what this reprieve from my real world would entail. The feelings were foreign, and I welcomed the thrill of the unexpected coursing through my circulation. Red sin. With my life's roadmap torn to shreds and left wadded in a trash can, especially after the encounter with Skylar, Van was an adventure upon which I was excited to embark. Even though Van had proposed marriage, I wasn't certain that either of us wanted to go that far. I wasn't looking for forever. I'd had that promised to me, and that promise meant nothing. What I sought from Van was the way I felt when I was with him. I was already addicted to the adrenaline rush, giddiness, and fluttering heart that came with each encounter. As I pulled the car onto the large driveway, the front door opened. Van was no longer in his custom suit from earlier, but wearing clothes such as he'd worn the first time I met him. There was nothing about him that made me think of him as old. Putting the car in park, I subconsciously scanned from his dark hair, down his wide shoulders and trim waist. The flannel shirt he wore over the thermal twisted my core in a way that brought warmth to my cheeks. I wouldn't need more clothes if Van had an ample supply of flannel shirts he'd be willing to share. Then again, I'd agreed to the employee and employer titles. I didn't suppose that included borrowing my employer's shirts to wear as a nightgown. His smile radiated warmth through the cool air as he came down the steps and opened my car door. You returned. His green gaze was upon me, drinking me in and sending detonations to my nerve endings. With only his stare, he was doing things to me that I never knew were possible. Offering me his hand, I willingly placed my palm in his and stepped from the car. Did you think I wouldn't return? Our touch lingered, sending warmth through my body, despite the way our breath came out in vapor clouds and the coldness. Van looked down at our hands and back to me. Let me help you with your things, and then we can pull your car into the garage. The weather forecast has more snow and plummeting temperatures coming overnight. Can they plummet more? I asked, lifting my face to the falling snow, allowing the large flakes to land on my cheeks and eyelashes. The scene was so peaceful that I turned to Van. I don't mind the snow or cold as long as I'm not stranded on the side of the road. Am I concerned about Schuyler's drive back to Chicago? Does it make me a bad person that I'm not? I didn't know the answer. I only knew I wanted to look forward and not backward. Van laughed, you took longer than I anticipated. I was beginning to get worried that I'd need to go searching for you. I made it. He pulled me against him. I would, Julia. I'd search the world for you. Now that I've found you, I'd never allow you to be stranded again. For a moment, I basked in his gaze, allowing the thrill of his touch to flow through me. Feeling his toned body against mine, I finally asked, Is this part of the employee and employer agreement? It's after hours. My gaze was glued to the way the golden flecks in his eyes glistened beneath the floodlights. Maybe we should define this further. For example, here is work and I smiled. How far away is the cabin? A couple of miles, he said, releasing me. First things first, your things. An hour later, Van and I were seated at his kitchen table, eating dinner paired with a bottle of red wine. A fire roared in the large living room fireplace, and beyond the windows, the forecast snow was falling. Van had explained how a woman he's known most of his life came once a week and cooked his meals. All he had to do was warm them up when he came home. This is delicious, I said, taking another bite of the chicken fettuccine Alfredo. Better than coffee and nectarines. The coffee was warm, and those nectarines were fantastic. I was a little leery of the soup. Van grinned. The cans weren't that old. I like staying out at the cabin when I wanna get away from everything. I keep the soup there for when my decision is impulsive. There's no cell service, and being out there gives me a break. Inhaling, I leaned back and lifted my face to the ceiling high above. That's what being here is for me. I hate to tell you, but you do have cell service here and internet. I also have this nice button on the side of my phone that turns it off. Hmm. Maybe I should try that. You should, it's liberating. I took another sip of the wine. I had a visitor in Ashland. Van's expression changed as his chiseled jaw clenched. A visitor? Schuyler was at the hotel. Had you told him where you were staying? I shook my head. Did you tell your parents or your assistant? I didn't, but I suppose Lee could look at the credit card account and figure it out. She's your assistant. He hadn't asked, but I nodded. You came face to face with your ex- He emphasized the syllable, fiancé, and yet you're here with me. Seeing him didn't make me want to go back to him. I'm not ready to be with anyone. For the first time, I want to find out who I am, who I can be without the past. And most importantly, I lifted the wine glass and smiled. Who I am when I'm with you. You're magnificent, that's who you are. Warmth filled my cheeks at his comment. Taking another sip of wine, I sighed. I like this, it's not too sweet or too dry. As we finished our meal, Van stood taking the plates to the sink. For a moment, I sat and watched. My father was a modern day man in his thoughts and actions, yet my parents had a live in cook and maid. I'd never seen my father, or Schuyler for that matter, scrape a plate and put it in a dishwasher. I can help, I volunteered. I'm almost done. Van turned toward me, his gaze warming me from the inside. I told you that I'm not used to giving tours of my home. I'm also not used to having a beautiful woman here. If you want to go up to your suite, I understand. If you're open to figuring out what after hours means, I'd say we take the remaining wine out to the living room and talk. I looked down at my dress pants and blouse. I'd left the heels in the suite. I feel overdressed. You're stunning. He tugged on his flannel shirt. Of course, I'd be willing to share. It was unbelievable how much I wanted that. I wanted to strip down to my bra and panties and settle in wearing Van's shirt. I imagined the soft material and the scent of Van's cologne. The thoughts alone beaded my nipples. I'd like to talk. I'd like to do more than talk. The end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Red Sin. Book number one, of the Sin Series. Written by New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal best-selling author Aletha Romig. And read to you by Samantha Prescott and Stephen Dexter. You can find out more about Aletha Romig and her books at aletharomig.com. Find out more about the show at steamystoriesforwomen.com.